We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Frozen 2 was good. Eli 2 was just wet, soggy, and sad. Speaking of sequels, what about Spygate 2? Is that upon us? Home and home radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by zip recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out. Zip slash enter. What do we do here on home and home? We take you around the country red zone style to get you reaction from all the day's biggest sports stories and all of those things happening way outside the lines. Like, I don't know, Christmas sweaters, Christmas trees, Tis the holiday season. I'm Dave Briggs home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's back home in Pennsylvania after that wet, soggy, and spectacular second half. At least you are a Cleveland, uh, excuse me, a Philadelphia Eagles fan. You were all happy this morning. Ross is dried out just in time to talk about the other great sequel of the holiday season, which Ross appears to be Spygate 2, the Patriots sent a film crew to Cleveland last week. Part of a show, they say, is called Do Your Job. Well, someone in Patriots gear, an advanced scout, uh, reportedly shooting video of the field and of the Cincinnati Bengals sideline. That's who the Patriots, of course, play this week. Here's what the Patriots say about this. The sole purpose of the filming was to provide an illustration of an advanced scout at work on the road. There was no intention of using the footage for any other purpose. We understand and acknowledge that our video crew, which included an independent contractor who shot the video, unknowingly violated league policy by filming the field and the sideline from the press box. When questioned, the crew immediately turned over all footage to the league and cooperated fully. Ross Tucker, you are the judge. What happened here is the hand in the cookie jar again. Well, I think the biggest thing, Dave, is that pretty clearly at this point, in the court of public opinion, the Patriots don't get the benefit of the doubt, and they shouldn't. You know, and, and if you read some of the tweets from Diana Rossini from ESPN, it's a little bit more interesting than just the statement put out by the Patriots. I think the thing that was most noteworthy is is really what she said about how initially the person said, can can I just delete the footage and we forget about all this? So there's a couple things that will get us to the bottom of the truth, Dave, no matter what you or I believe, right? Number one, did the person gladly hand over all the footage or did they say, can I just delete all this and we'll, we can forget it happened? Those are two very different things, right? And number two, Dave, we say this all the time as players, whether it's a high school highlight video or you're in college studying an opponent or anything as it relates to the NFL, 
the film never lies. You and I both know from being in the sports media business, we know what B-roll is. We know how much footage you need for B-roll, which is to say, not much. If the camera was trained on the Bengals' sideline and anybody giving signals of any kind for more than 30 seconds at most, then I don't believe them. And I don't think anybody else should believe them if that's the case. If it's on this, if it just, it's happenstance that as they're going through the crowd, that there's, that, you know, you can see the coach for a second, then maybe. Diana Rossini again reported that the footage, somebody was watching through the viewfinder or whatever, and that the camera was trained on the Bengals sideline for the entire first quarter. Again, Dave, the film does not lie. If that's the case, then I don't know how anybody could believe the New England Patriots. If they just happen to catch the coach for a second as they're getting true B-roll, then I believe them. I don't think it's that complicated. Show us the tape. Let's see what the tape shows. That we can agree on. Show us the tape. Without that, we cannot move forward. If the Patriots did this, if the Patriots sent an employee dressed in Patriots gear into an opposing press box to shoot video of an opposing team on the sideline, let me put this in Ross Tucker terms. This is the equivalent of a dude wearing a freaking cow suit sauntering into KFC, walking behind the counter to somehow steal the Colonel's secret recipe. Not only are you well aware that you're going to get caught, but if you're not, you are a complete and utter moron. And number two, who the hell wants their secret recipe? The Bengals can't win a football game. They're in line for one thing, and that's the one pick in the NFL draft. There is no way the Patriots are this galactically stupid. But once again, everyone wants your secrets. You don't want theirs. Everyone's eating a Chick-fil-A. You don't want to steal the KFC secret recipe. I don't understand how in the world this could possibly be true. No one in this organization is that stupid or needs a win, needs to cheat to beat the Bengals. Does do your job, as the show is entitled, now include requisite cheating, spying on an opponent. Ross Tucker says they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. Here's what Bill Belichick had to say on WEEI yesterday afternoon. All across the WEEI Sports Radio Network. Um, This story out of Cincinnati, which is crazy. Bengals source telling the uh, Cincinnati Inquirer they believe the Patriots were stealing signs from the Bengals' sideline during this last week's game in, uh, in Cleveland. Do you have a comment? Yeah, I heard about this, and, um, you know, evidently this is uh, our production people on the TV show that were there. Um, and we I have absolutely nothing to do. We have absolutely nothing to do with anything that they produce, direct, or, or shoot, or anything. I've never even seen any of their tapes or anything else. So this is something that 
we 100% have zero involvement with. It's just something that you'd have to talk to the, the production people about what they were doing or whatever it was. So was this your advance? We've never seen anything that they've shot other than what's going to be on TV. From what I understand, that we've given them everything that um, whatever they were doing there for the TV show, whatever it was, that, that they've given them everything. Again, I have no, I have no idea what really this is about. Or is, is that an area where it is legal to film? No, no, press box? no, absolutely. But you not. can't do it from up there. No, a scout can't film um, the opponents as an advanced scout and. Uh, our video people are not even allowed to point the camera at our opponents in pregame warm-up or their, their side of the field or anything else uh, to test out their equipment. Bill Belichick trying to explain the Do Your Job show, which he's never watched, doesn't care to, doesn't see their film at all. That was Ordway Merloni. Uh, and, and it's just hard to fathom this situation. Ross, even if what Bill, Bill Belichick is saying there is true, does Roger Goodell have any choice but to hammer the Patriots regardless of an innocent explanation? No, he doesn't. He, he has to hammer them. Um, you got to appreciate the irony, Dave, that the name of the documentary or the show is Do Your Job and the person that was filming evidently didn't do their job. They did more than their job. They did something that the Patriots themselves have already stated is illegal and it was an accident. They didn't realize it, whatever. The name of the show is Do Your Job. That's the name of the show. And whoever was filming was doing more than their job. I find it interesting, Dave, that initially there, there, there's this report that the Bengal, that there's an incident. The Bengals are aware of it, according to head coach Zach Taylor. NFL is investigating it. Shortly thereafter, all kinds of reporters, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Albert Breer, Tom Pelissero say, our understanding is that there was a camera crew there for the Patriots. They were filming a scout, and they were filming a scout as part of Do Your Job, this documentary. Now, by the way, why you would need to send a whole camera crew to film an advanced scout who just sits there and looks at the players and looks at personnel groupings and stuff like that is beyond me. I don't know why you even need to film that guy, right? That's yeah. number one. But number two, Dave, after Diana Rossini's tweets, and I want to read these because I think that they're that they are important. Please. And I quote: A source tells me a Bengals employee was watching the videographer cameraman who identified himself as a Robert Kraft employee. The Bengals employee kept an eye on that monitor. The shot was of the Bengals coaches and staff on the sidelines for the entire first quarter. The Bengals employee flagged media relations. Bengals security then interviewed the Kraft videographer. This was also taped. 
The cameraman asked if they could just delete the footage and it all be forgotten. Per sources, plural. Sources say there was a guy interviewing a Patriots pro scout before the game, but that was over when the game started. So what I find interesting about that is, after Diana tweeted that, then later on came the official statement from the Patriots of, we accept responsibility. They unknowingly were filming the Bengals sideline. Initially, the leaked reports to all the information men was, oh no, they were just filming the scout. But then when Diana Rossini said, uh, no, they were filming the sideline, then the Patriots come out with this statement where they accept responsibility and some of the footage was of the sideline, etc. If it is the entire first quarter, Dave, and the film does not lie, I don't know how anybody could believe the Patriots. And this bothers me on a lot of different levels. But you know what bothers me the most about it, Dave? I have tremendous respect for the guys I played with in New England, and really, even more importantly, the guys I played against. They're the same guys, but I wasn't in New England very long. But I started against them like three times, I think, when I played for the Bills. Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis, Tom Brady, Richard Seymour. These are fantastic football players. And I know, because I've been on either side of it, that there are a lot of people nationally that call into question their accomplishments. And what really bothers me is that the Patriots were not buttoned up enough, no matter what happened in this Bengals instance. Maybe it is an honest mistake. They're not buttoned up enough to make sure something like this does not happen. And so it just feeds into the millions of people that call into question the what I think are terrific accomplishments of fantastic football players and guys that I just named. But this just feeds into the whole Patriots or cheaters thing, whether you believe that or not. Indeed, there is no longer any middle ground when it comes to the New England Patriots. A lot like our politics today, it is straight polarized. You either hate the Patriots or you love them. Chances are you live in New England. So there is no gray area on this organization. I fall in line with Bengals broadcaster Dan Horde, who is also on WEEI, and said, this is just too dumb to be true. It is too stupid to possibly be true with the smartest human being I've ever covered in sports or politics throughout my entire career, who is Bill Belichick. I cannot fathom how they would be this galactically stupid, but I understand there can be no benefit of the doubt with this organization. That is why we have to see the tape and why even if it's innocent, Roger Goodell has to hit this team hard to make them understand. It's just like us with our kids. We have to do something to prevent them from doing this again or attempting to, just like the Houston Astros are going to have to be crushed by Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball and, and for Dave, their own cheating scandal. Yes. And, well, Dave, 
Here's the thing, though. To, to Dan Horde or anybody else, the Patriots have already told us it's true. Like, they've already told us that they accept full responsibility and for their actions and that they were videoing the sideline. So right, but, on but some that it was level, not that it was not football operations. That it was an independent, in this case, contracted videographer. So let's let's just be clear about what they've admitted to. That yes, someone did this, but it had nothing to do with football operations. It was an independent contractor, and I have to, in this mind, believe that's true. Okay, and I'm just saying, you know, for your pointer, Dan Horde, saying. You know they can't po- they, they they can't possibly be this stupid for it to be true. We at least know based on their statement that it is true that the Patriots videoed the Bengals sideline, and even if you want to believe that the videographer is an independent contractor. He's sitting next to a Patriots advanced scout. In gear. <laughs> in like, gear, like what, which is like where the, the stupidity what, what the thing comes from. What the hell are we talking about? In front He's sitting of next this... to a Patriots yeah. advanced scout. And in a press box. Why would the independent contractor say, can I just delete this footage and we can forget the whole thing? I don't have an innocent explanation for that. I have a football question for you, though, before, and we're going to hear from some of the callers in the New England area, some of those Patriots fans who booed the other day. This has been a tough week for the Patriots. I mean, couldn't generate offense without a trick play, boot off the field at halftime, lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and now this. But a football question. Let's say they were actually trying to steal, to spy with this video. How much could you get from that sideline? Plays are called through the microphone, through the helmet for the most part. How much actually goes on in the NFL from picking up hand signals from the sideline? Could that give you the keys to the castle? Yeah, that's the part I think is really interesting is I don't think very much these days. That was I, okay. I, I don't. I don't really know what they could get from it. You don't see a lot of signals. Most of it is being because there's a defensive player with a helmet, and there's a obviously the quarterback has the helmet earpiece. Usually the coaches go like this. They put something up to their mouth and they say blah 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 blah, you know, and they call the play. I don't really know what they could be gaining from it. But again, Dave, this is the beauty of having the footage is that it doesn't lie. Let's see what the footage is trained on. Let's see what they see. Let's see what they focus in on. We never saw Spygate 1 tape. Spygate 2 might be the best tape of all. Let's go to WEEI and hear from – now, again, just, just some context here. Every station I listened to early this morning on the radio.com app, which if you don't have it, we assume you do by now, you can listen to any station around the country. I sampled a half dozen. Every one of those sports stations was talking about this story primarily. They had nothing to do with this game. They weren't Cincinnati. They weren't New England. They were stations around the country. This is all their callers wanted to talk about. Naturally, it was on WEEI this morning, the Greg Hills Show. 
Let's hear from the callers now. All across the WEEI Sports Radio Network. I know Hall of Fame voters, NFL writers, who say Belichick cheater. All right, so maybe Don Shula calls him Bella cheater. So called maybe, him. So maybe he doesn't. So maybe he doesn't care then. Maybe he. I'm that. that maybe he doesn't care. Well, the, the, the things the Patriots have been blocked for are borderline competitive advantage type of stuff. It, it's stuff that's been blown up by them, though, buddy. Yeah pattern of behavior there everybody does it so it don't matter attitude okay that's my problem with this franchise there's a consistent pattern of behavior of they're better than everybody they're going to do whatever we can do and we'll we'll uh what do they say uh you know beg for forgiveness later <laughs> you know with crafting these statements and what have you so please be honest, I, I, Patriot lover, New England lover, but why? Why even put yourself in that situation and, of all things, putting it on when you're playing the next team? I don't agree with Ken on anything, but he's 100% right on this one. If we're going to put it on this production team, then where's their responsibility? You mean to tell me what everything we've been through with this franchise, on the cheat and on the teeth, the spy gate and everything else, you're going to put yourself in that predicament or you're going to put your teeth in that situation yeah. i just don't get it i just do not get that at all no not smart once a cheater always, always a cheater always a cheater <laughs> right oh, there wow. you know, that's what she says wow. listen if you hadn't cheated before i might not look at that camera that way but now that you have <laughs> uh-huh. that, means, uh-huh. that means if you danielle's on uh if she's your judge you're never getting a second chance that is nope. correct parole denied wow. but it's a great point why should they get the benefit of the doubt why i mean if it was another team that hadn't cheated then mm-hmm. maybe you sweep it or okay it was an honest mistake Not even in Boston, Ross, are they giving the Patriots entirely the benefit of doubt. That's the Greg Hill Show on WEI and their callers. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm a little surprised, and I and I guess a little bit proud of the, the New England fans uh, because they are right. And it really, Dave, it, it goes back to my point earlier about guys like Brady and Brewski and Matt Light, and guys that played during that era, Joe Andrusi, because what happens is, is people lump all of this stuff in together over the 20 years and the six Super Bowls. And you might say, well, I already thought they were cheaters because of Spygate and Deflategate. And that's fine. You, you can have that opinion. But anytime there's more wood being thrown on the fire, the fire gets bigger, right? And this would just be even more wood. Like, I don't think Patriots fans said what they're saying now after Spygate or Deflategate. Even Patriots fans now are saying, why would you even be even close to being in this situation where you have to issue a statement from the organization saying that we accept full responsibility, right? I mean, why would you even be in that situation for a TV show from the organization that is the least media friendly in all of professional sports? Like, what are we talking about, Dave? 
The players give no quotes. The coach says nothing. They are the least media-friendly team in terms of being accommodating or telling you anything interesting with their quotes. Yet, you got to appreciate the irony that they're getting busted for an in-house TV show from the least media-friendly organization ever. It is galactically stupid. Frankly, whether the football operations gets the footage or knows about it or not, it is unbelievably stupid. And it's, it's insulting, really. It really bothers me because it continues to hurt the reputation of some really good guys and some really good players. They deserve better. The Patriots fans deserve better. This organization must be beyond reproach. And they clearly are not. And what does this do to, one, the reputation of the class? Well, at least the greatest, most successful, most accomplished organization in all of sports today. What does it do to the legacy? Already, to Ross's point, most people outside of New England believe that this organization is dirty, is fraudulent, and cheats. And if they, in fact, stole signals from the dreadful Cincinnati Bengals, dressed in tame gear, with an advanced scout, last and final nail in the coffin for their reputation across the country. It is devastating. And you can't help but think of what's next between old friends Bob Kraft and Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell didn't go back to New England for so long because, of course, Spygate and Deflategate. And now he's painted into a corner. Ross and I disagree. Like he thinks, you know, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I think this can't possibly be true. Too dumb to be true. We both agree the tape has to be put out there. Roger Goodell has no choice but to put that tape out there. And what is that going to do between the Patriots and between Bob Kraft and Roger Goodell? The implications are massive. What does do your job mean in New England? Does it mean you have to cheat? You have to go on the road. You have to spy. You have to do whatever you can to keep that team afloat because they are a struggling. A lot more to come on this story. Speaking of do your job, hiring can be a challenge. As Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered, Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. Results like that, no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality job within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is so effective for businesses of all sizes? Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That is ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R, the smartest way to hire. So Spygate 2 is just debuting in theaters, and Eli 2, if you can see us here on the radio.com app, 
Eli, too, had a wet, soggy, and sad ending on Monday Night Football. Eli makes his return after being benched for the injured Daniel Jones. And before we get to the tale of two halves, Ross Tucker had the best view of all of this. Ross, you were on the sidelines in your orange jacket, which Jen Decker nailed on Twitter. You were Carton, uh, the uh, South Park character. She had a nice little meme of you on Twitter if you didn't see it. Uh, Tell me what that experience was like just out there. Oh, and we've got a new logo. We have a new logo. This one you like better than the suit, probably. You know what's funny for the people that aren't watching us? They're showing a picture of me in my big orange ski jacket last night on the sideline that you should absolutely check out on social media. I'm at Ross Tucker. NFL. He's at Dave Briggs TV and the show is at RDC home and home. Some of the responses I got were hilarious. Somebody asked me why I had a pumpkin on my head because (laughs) a, my head is big and B I had a hat on. And then the hood over that, let's just say there's, there's a lot of circumference there. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of circumference there. But did you call me? Who did you say I look like from South Park, Dave? Uh, I, I said Carton, but Cartman is uh, what intended to come out of my mouth. Uh, it reminded me of um, it's an orange on a toothpick. What was that movie? Uh, do you remember that movie where they kept having head analogies? But yours was an orange on a toothpick. You might yeah. not remember the film. Apparently, no, I don't. Uh, but I was going to make Must fun of you miserable. a lot. I was going to make fun of you a lot for calling Cartman Carton and <laughs> claim that you've never actually watched the show. You made a decent recovery there. Um, I'm from Colorado. To you got to know South. That. Um, by the way, Jordan Cohn, our stud millennial, says, so I married an axe murderer, according to uh, oh. Google. Um, I never watched that movie, oh, and I feel well. bad for you that you did. I'm going to get you the head um, montage there, and you're going to come around. You might need to watch So I Married an Axe Murder. It's the Austin Powers guy who I'm forgetting his name. Myers? Michael Myers? What's his Michael name? Michael Myers. Mike My- okay, Mike Myers. It's Mike Myers. It's actually pretty funny, but we digress. Uh, back to the uh, soggy right, so I got, so, Monday so night experience. It was, so it poured, okay? Pretty much the whole game. And Dave, that's okay. You know why? Because I had duck boots on. (laughs) I had waterproof pants on, like a waterproof outside layer on. And I had the ski jacket on. That's waterproof. And I had a hat, which I've learned is very helpful to have the hat and then the hood over the hat so it's not like dripping down on your face. So I've learned my lesson. I'm not even a hat guy, okay? But I got to tell you, I learned my lesson, Dave Briggs, the hard way. My first sideline assignment ever was in New England. For Westwood One, on the sideline, it was Patriots playing somebody. And the next day, I had to do a show early in Stamford, Connecticut. So what's Stamford to Foxborough is what? Two and a half? Three, maybe? Yeah, a good, good solid three. Okay. Yeah, unless, unless Stanford to Foxborough. Okay. 
So I'm in Stanford. I do something that day there. Drive up to Foxborough. Don't even look at the weather, Dave. Don't even look at it. Don't even consider it. I'm excited to do my first sideline game, but I, 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 I'm a rookie. I'm a newbie, okay? I get there. It rains the entire game. I had not a single thing that was waterproof. I am absolutely soaked. And after the game, I'm so soaked. I go in the Patriots locker room because I played for them. And I said to Stacey James, who does a terrific job as the head of media relations for the Patriots, I said, Stacey, I have to drive all the way back to Stanford, Connecticut. I am totally soaked. I've got nothing. I probably should have asked for more than this, Dave, but I just asked for a pair of the gray hot tub shorts that you wear when you go in the hot tub or the cold tub, which barely go below your private parts, okay? I mean, these are short. He talks to the equipment guy. The equipment guy gets them, gives them to me. I leave, I get into the car. I take all of my clothes off in the back of the car. Everything. I don't even think I had a jacket. Everything. Socks, shoes, everything. I put on the gray cold tub shorts, hop in my car, crank up the heat, and I drive down to Stanford, Connecticut, no shirt on, no socks or shoes, just nut hugger gray shorts. But here's where it gets good. About halfway through the drive, I got to piss. I got to take a leak. So what am I going to do? I pull over into a I-95 rest stop somewhere in northern Connecticut. And it's one of those rest stops, Dave, where it says, no shirts, no shoes, no service. It's 2 a.m. at this point. I've got neither. I've got no shirt and no shoes. And I walk in because I got to piss. And the guy behind the counter, think about what the overnight guy behind the counter on the (laughs) I-95 rest stop has seen in his career. Think about some of the people that go in there. Dave, he looked at me with a mixture of utter disgust And so scared, he didn't say a damn word. Because I was still a pretty big dude at this point. He looked at me like this guy is clearly on meth. And I'm not saying a damn thing to this guy. If he's going to walk in there and go to the bathroom and leave, I'm going to thank God that he doesn't come over and try to knock me out and steal my money. Like, that's like, dude, who goes into an I-95 rest stop with nut huggers barefoot, not even like flip flops, barefoot, no shirt, nut huggers. This guy thought I owned my own meth lab and he wanted no part of me whatsoever. I got a lot of questions. Now, number one, the obvious the obvious thing is that guy behind the counter did not have a red button to 
to signal the police. Because if he had that button, he'd have been hitting it like crazy, and the police would have been there when you came out of the bathroom. That is a disturbing image for our viewers. Thank God there is no photo evidence of that. But my first question before we even got to the car was one of the most valuable organizations in all of sports, valued at multiple millions of billions of dollars, has gear all over the place. How did they only manage to give you some skimpy gray shorts and not hook a brother up with some top to bottom sweats? Probably because that's all I asked for. Oh, because oh, the Patriots aren't an organization that you ask a lot of things from is probably the best way to describe it. So I, that was another part of the rookie mistake. I should have said, I've got nothing else to wear on the drive home. Can I get socks, sneakers, pants, a shirt, and I'll, I'll send you guys the money. You're That's a smart what I guy. Said. It was a it was a God. rookie move by me again. Totally my mistake. Galactically stupid. Uh Stacy James, good man. If if he weren't consumed by Spygate, I would require him to get on the phone with us right now to see if he has any recollection of that situation. He certainly can't forget it. Uh I can't imagine how many similar situations he's been in. Now, the game was fascinating enough without even getting into Ross's rain gear or the epic story about the tiny gray shorts and what happened at that rest stop. So a tale of two halves. And we talk about the NFL moving fast. Often it's a week to week. It's a completely different story for two weeks in one team. This was two stories in one week. Because the Philadelphia Eagles, once a Super Bowl favorite to start the season, who needed a win just to get to six and seven, were getting blown out of this football game by a 38-year-old quarterback who'd been benched and who'd returned and was tearing them apart. Eli Manning was ripping up the Philadelphia Philly, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles secondary, 17-3 at the half, on a cold, wet, soggy night. That defense was miserable. And they're getting booed off the field. And unlike the New England Patriots, this one was well-deserved. Let's uh, listen to some of the fans' reaction uh, from WFAN in New York to the return of Eli and just being a wet, soggy, sad Giants fan this season. The Fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66 WFAN. You're telling me that there's something that the Giants can do at this point to make Pat Shermer look like he deserves to keep his job? You had to really screw this season up for him to not get an opportunity to coach Daniel Jones in a second year and have his third year as a uh, as a head coach to, with the patience that I think John Mara wanted to have to have after the Ben McAdoo deal, and, and he's done exactly that. Yeah, but they, it's they, a nine-game losing streak, and right now I can make a case that they're the worst team in football. And then, of course, the second half, they, they, they morph into what the Giants have been with Eli prior to the first half, and that's one of the reasons why Daniel Jones is here. And it just became a listless, tired-looking team that just didn't really compete on offense. And I was thinking about where the Giants are in the rest of this NFL. The worst teams in football have moments. 
like the Washington Redskins and Dwayne Haskins. They went down to Carolina. They won that game. The Cincinnati Bengals at 0-11. Andy Dalton comes back, and they end up beating the Jets and playing really well. The worst teams in the game have moments. The Giants don't. Are the Giants the worst team in football right now? I think it's probably a question that has an answer of yes this morning after losing nine in a row and again to the Philadelphia Eagles in dramatic fashion. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Boomer and Geo WFAN, and they are miserable like their fans. The worst NFL city in the league this season, and it ain't even close, is the Big Apple. Let's take stock of all things Giants. Eli Manning made his return. He is now 116 and 117, one game under 500. The longer he starts, the longer that number will continue to tick down. They had 30 yards in the second half. They have now lost a franchise record nine straight games, and next week they will make it 10. Ross, what do you do? You have to at this point clean house. I feel like that is assumed. Is it for you? And is Eli Manning, do you have to continue starting him? Do you need to sit down Daniel Jones? Because there's no sense of playing him now. Well, so let's start with the Giants. I happen to really like Pat Shermer personally. But to bring a coach back for a third year, I think you have to feel like there is something positive to build on. Like, I would have to sit down right now and say, what would the argument be for bringing Pat Shermer back? I suppose the argument, Dave, would be you don't want Daniel Jones to have to learn another offensive system, but Daniel Jones just lost eight games in a row as the quarterback. The offensive system isn't really working that great for him. So I don't really see a reason. And and by the way, When they are asking a coach whether or not he should be able to finish the rest of that season, he's not coming back the next year. I mean, I hate to tell you, I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the NFL, Dave, that a coach is being asked to whether or not he's going to coach the next, the last three games of the season and he doesn't get fired after the year. The question, I think, is whether or not Dave Gettleman the general manager gets fired. And I think that's a a much different, bigger question. And I think that they'll point to guys like Saquon Barkley, who's obviously a tremendous player, and Daniel Jones, who they like, and Dexter Lawrence even. 
and they'll say we've drafted Dave Gettleman's drafted some good players. But I don't know if that's enough to bring him back. I would say this for Dave Gettleman. I think his saving grace, Dave, would be if he can bring Ron Rivera in as the head coach of the New York Giants. They went to a Super Bowl together in Carolina. They obviously have a good rapport and relationship. If Gettleman could bring in Ron Rivera, then I think that that's a consideration for the Giants. Otherwise, I think they should strongly consider getting somebody new at general manager as well. I actually think the Giants, and this is maybe a topic for another day, will look at both Ron Rivera and Matt Rule because Matt Rule was an assistant coach for the Giants for a couple years under Tom Coughlin. So Matt Rule, the Baylor head coach, the people with the Giants should be very familiar with him. It was at least one year, I think a couple years, that he was an assistant coach with the Giants organization. So they have some familiarity there. So that's the coaching part of it. I think almost another major topic of this, Dave, is how easily do you get voted into the Hall of Fame if you have a losing record for your career? Yeah. I think everybody believes and agrees that Eli is going to be a Hall of Famer. But, man, doesn't it feel like if if you're in that room and you get a losing record, it doesn't feel like he's going to get in all that easily. Let's put it that way, Dave. Well, I, you know, I, I have gone on record as saying I don't think it should come down to his ultimately his one-loss record. A lot of times I think a quarterback's win-loss record is a bit overrated. Eli Manning's just a special case to me because for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons being he won two Super Bowls and who he beat in those two Super Bowls, two of the greatest teams of all time, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's New England Patriots. But it all will depend on, and it always does, depend on who you're coming in with, who is the class that you come in with. And to answer that, we're going to have to figure out, is Eli done? And it sure feels like it. He said prior to or after uh, last night's game that he, he does not want to be a backup again. He does not want to be a coach in that situation. So what he's saying is he wants to get a a starting job. And uh, that's just not going to happen. That's just not going to happen given Andy Dalton, given Cam Newton, given Teddy Bridgewater, a solid class of young rookie quarterbacks led by Joe Burrow coming into this league. Not going to happen. Still think Eli gets in but it is a major strike against him as you look at that career one loss record, which probably goes to 116 and 119 and starts to look glaring as a reason to keep him out. Looked pretty good in that first half. And again, had no weapons. Lot to get to with the Philadelphia Eagles. Second half performance, a completely different team, though an injury-riddled team. We are going to bring in Elliot Shore Parks from WIP in just about uh, 15 minutes. Eagles insider, break it all down for us. The Carson Wentz stuff as well. But this team is really hurting right now, no Jordan Howard. They already had no Deshaun Jackson, no uh, Nelson Aguilar. Alshon Jeffrey gets hurt. Uh, Lane Johnson gets hurt in this game. Credit to Carson Wentz, ESP from WIP in 15 minutes on that. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns. 
who just can't get out of their own way. But there's a silver lining. The latest distraction, courtesy of OBJ, I think is good news if you are the Cleveland ownership, management, and even the fans. We'll take a quick break and return with some OBJ talk on Home and Home. Once the most interesting football team in the NFL to start the 2019 season, the Cleveland Browns are now by some measure the most irrelevant, the most pointless, the most desolate organization. They are in dire straits. Yes, they won a football game against the Cincinnati Bengals this past weekend, but they really got, frankly, outplayed. They got outgained by the Cincinnati Bengals. Not much actually going all that well for Cleveland, despite the fact they're still technically alive. It has been a dumpster fire from the start this season, from Freddie Kitchens to OBJ to the Miles Garrett situation, and now this. On Sunday, after a win... Baker Mayfield inexplicably calls out the Cleveland Browns training staff for mishandling the situation regarding OBJ's injury. I understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to step up for his boy, for his wide receiver, and explain why maybe he hasn't been up to standard, why he hasn't been playing that well and putting up numbers. But you don't throw your own training staff under the table the way Baker Mayfield did regarding OBJ's injury. That's not all. Jay Glazer, Fox Sports, reporting yesterday that OBJ has wanted out for some time now. In the month of October, agrees uh, Charles Robinson at Yahoo, he was telling teams to, quote, come get me. Ross, I got to say this last part is actually good news. If you are a Browns fan, a Browns executive or anyone that cares about this organization, you have to want OBJ out of there. Not because he's a bad guy. He's one of the great receivers in the league. I actually think there's some good intentions in him, but he's got 50 million owed the next three years. And he just doesn't work for Baker Mayfield. He doesn't work for this organization. They can do more with that money. Jarvis Landry is a better wide receiver in that system for whatever reason. What was your reaction to OBJ's latest distraction? Come get me. Well, first of all, Dave, I must tell you, I am totally shocked and stunned that Odell Beckham Jr. is both injured and unhappy. <laughs> I have never seen that before other than every other year he's ever played football ever. It's unbelievable. Death, taxes, on Odell Beckham Jr. dealing with some type of injury and being unhappy. It is uncanny. When is the last year he wasn't both dealing with some injury and unhappy? Last year, he had the video with, who's the guy, Lil Wayne? I, I can't remember why Lil Wayne had an interview, but he did. He had, a, he had an interview with Lil Wayne <laughs> where he was complaining about Eli. Uh, the year before that, he was a head case. I mean, it was it's it's uncanny. So what you just said is interesting because on the one hand, I do think there will be other teams interested in him. 
And it probably is not the best usage of the Browns' resources. On the other hand, you know, he's playing with a sports hernia that evidently he's had all year. And I played my senior year of college with a sports hernia. That's tough, man. Um, It's painful. It's a weird thing where you can, like, play in the game, but then the next couple days after it, you feel like, terrible you're like carrying your leg around the whole rest of your body mine was on the right side and it felt like the whole rest of my body was carrying my right leg around I never practiced my senior year of college I was just barely able to play in the game it's the reason why Deshaun Jackson didn't play for the Eagles this year other than one game it's the reason why Jadeveon Clowney played Sunday night but said he's really hurting. I'll be curious to see what Clowney does the rest of the year. It's a very tough injury. So if the Browns do keep him, Dave, my guess would be it's because they want to see what he and Baker can do when Odell Beckham Jr. is truly healthy and explosive, which he clearly has not been this season. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how this can work for them. They, they just got, at some point, got to wash your hands. You got to acknowledge you made a mistake. You traded away a talented offensive lineman that you need more than OBJ. You're right. Maybe we haven't seen the full OBJ, but we saw a much better Baker Mayfield last season without him. Baker Mayfield, now, part of that might have been the coach, the coordinator, not sure. Freddie Kitchens was calling the plays. Baker Mayfield was a better quarterback before OBJ arrived. Perhaps it's too much pressure trying to feed the ball to OBJ. Bottom line is it's not working out. They could spend the the money better. Um, But what about all this drama? What we do here on Home and Home, again, just less than five minutes at commercials every hour, But it's not about our homes. It's about your homes. We go to your home markets for all your teams to get local reaction on these big stories. 92-3, the fan in Cleveland with reaction from, I mentioned, Charles Robinson, who was part of this report on OBJ. A couple of other callers, Scott Petrak, Daryl Ryder from 92-3, calling in to give their two cents on all things Browns-related and OBJ. Listen. You cannot underplay how much injury is affecting his mindset right now. It's been three years where he's been dealing with some kind of injury or injury recovery or he hasn't. It's It's been three years since he's been yeah, the true. player that he believes he is. You know, the you know, I am this elite player. I'm out there. I'm showing it every week. I think here in Cleveland, I think the... I think he was nervous. I was told, like, look, when they remixed the coaching staff, he didn't know a lot about that staff, you know. So he gets traded, and he's he's it's like a feeling out process. Like, there's there's an element when you play for coaches, you want to know that they're smart coaches, that they know how to scheme, that they know how to use you, and if you feel like, hey, I have a certain skill set, they're going to be able to use me properly. I don't think he knows that yet. I think he questions, do they know how to use me yet? And I think they look at him and say, you're not fully healthy. We're not 100% sure how to use you when you're not fully healthy, but we're trying to get along. We're all trying to get along here. The Browns have the final say in that general manager John Dorsey and ownership will have a decision to make, but I'm not sure he's 
100% one way or the other. And that's certainly how he sounded last week when we talked to him. As you know, he, the few, he doesn't know the future. He doesn't know if he wants to be here or doesn't want to be here. Um, and I kind of believe that. I kind of believe that one day he might be happy here and one day he's not happy here. So if that's the case, then maybe he can get worked out and he's content coming back for another year. But I just don't know if we know that right now. And if you believe Jay Glazer's report that he's telling other teams, come get me, that's obviously, obviously not a good sign. I don't know what to make of the report from Jay Glazer that he's telling opponents before the game to come get me. Uh, I, I talked to a couple of former players yesterday who told me that um, there probably needs to be more context with those uh, type of remarks because guys tend to say that a lot, you know, before games. It's just their way of, you know, communicating with each other and, you know, if anything happens, you know, maybe keeping the market somewhat hot for them. Those are our friends, 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. You can listen to them anytime to get Brown's reaction. 92.3 The Fan is on the radio.com app. I said 50 million OD, OBJ. My friends at Spotrack remind me it's about 60 million owed OBJ between now and 2023. I believe, Ross, the only way Tom Brady stays in New England is when he teams up with OBJ. Short of that, I think he's out. This is a perfect opportunity. Of course, you're not going to get any offensive line help there, so I'm not sure if that exactly works out. Well, and I think I actually think that the Patriots' offensive line will be fine next year. I like the way Isaiah Wins played, and when they get David Andrews back at center, I think the Patriots' offensive line's fine next year. I do think they'll be aggressive at wide receiver. I would not be surprised if Odell Beckham Jr., is a consideration. The only issue there is they don't like guys that get hurt a lot. Uh, there's an old saying, Dave, guys that get hurt a lot, get hurt a lot. And that's the case. Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know how he trains or what he does, but his body is already breaking down and has been breaking down the last few years. So that would be the one hesitation there. I will say this to Daryl Ryder's point. Um, one of the uh, one of the voices we heard there in that excellent compilation put together by our guy Jordan Cohn is players do talk like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the Browns were in a losing streak. He probably said to some guys for a game, hey, you guys got to come get me, man. Hey, you guys, you know, like that's yep. not I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock in that. Now, I do believe he's unhappy. And why would you be happy? you're on a losing team, you're injured, and you're having a crappy year. I mean, if he was happy, that actually would be a little weird, right? So I do believe he's unhappy. But this telling other teams to come get him, I think that part of it's a little overblown. Now, if he called guys or called front office people or had his reps, very different than before a game being like, man, you guys got to come get me. That's just, that's just how some guys talk. But there's going to be a market for OBJ. There is no question about it. There's going to be a market for an elite wide receiver. So many teams desperately in need of them. The Philadelphia Eagles, chief among them. But do they need another injury-riddled guy? That's up for debate. I would expect the Eagles and the Patriots to be in the running for a guy like OBJ 
if they get him out there. We'll get more into the Eagles next hour with Elliot Shore Parks from WIP Radio, Eagles Insider. Also, Le'Veon Bell with the New York Jets. Had the flu on Sunday. What was he doing bowling on Saturday night? A lot to get into uh, in the next hour here on Home and Home. But first, Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. In fact, after posting his job on ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. Results like that, no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is so effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. They are the smartest way to hire. We need a new director of coffee here on Home and Home. I am out of caffeine. We're back after a quick break. Elliot Shore Parks from WIP Radio. And how to solve your Christmas tree quandary this late. We're back after a quick break. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.